Welcome to Theatetus, the podcast that turns thinking into an adventure. I'm your host, Justin, just an average guy with an insatiable curiosity about how we know what we know. Join me as I explore the power of thought and uncover the hidden truths of our inner worlds. This is Theatetus. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Theatetus podcast. So today, We've got a special guest here with us, one of my good friends from, oh man, I think my sophomore year of high school is when we first met, and uh, we've been friends ever since, and he is, he's one of the people that is the most open that I know and willing to talk about different ideas, things, think, basically the kind of things I want to talk about in my podcast, and his name is Chase, Chase is in the military, he's in the Air Force. He, let's see, you you went straight into the Air Force after, was it after high school or did you, you did a mission first and then came back, gotten into the Air Force. He's lived in a lot of places. He like, he reads a lot. Chase is a smart guy. He's got a lot of different viewpoints, I think, that I value because he's lived in different areas. He's He's been deployed. He's seen things in other countries. And so I'm excited to talk to him. He he came on. We, we were going to discuss one of his strong beliefs, and that's around capital punishment, the death penalty. And he he believes that, well, you know what? I'm going to let him introduce it. Chase, you want to say anything else about yourself and then tell us what you want to talk about and why? Yeah, I appreciate the uh, introduction there. It was a lot kinder than uh, I deserve, I feel like, but uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you deserve yeah, it. Um, I, I did a mission, then I did came back, finished up some degrees at Weber State, and then uh, got married and then joined, went into the Air Force after that. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the death penalty. I did a little bit of studying in school about criminal justice and the death penalty. And so uh, it was something that our teachers kind of taught us, and I kind of, my beliefs kind of went along with that. So I kind of developed some opinions and beliefs on that and thought that would be something that would be fun to discuss together and, and kind of break down since it's, it, it may be like a stronger belief for me, but it's not like 100% firm. I'm totally open for debate and uh, discussion on it and maybe I'm wrong. So cool. That's exactly the attitude that we want around here. So is there a succinct way as I was getting ready for this episode, the just simplest way I wrote it down was that you believe that the death penalty, we should keep the death penalty. Is there, is that the right phrasing? Like how, how would you word that? What's, what's your belief about that? It's, it's, it's uh, along the lines of, I feel like we need strong punishments for crimes. The, I feel like the, the crime sh- or the punishment should match the crime and should be a little more strict than just a slap on the wrist. And because of that, the death penalty, I think, it should be on the table for uh, very serious and heinous crimes and, and some other things that we can probably talk about later. Okay. So first question about that. Um, first first thing I want to go over is just kind of some clarification questions around what you believe. And then we'll we'll dig into the, the philosophy that undergirds your belief. So first of all, I want to just clarify, is this a belief strictly about just capital punishment or is it a broader belief about, like like the phrase you said is, the punishment fits the crime? Do you see it as that's just a broad rule that we should have or uh, that the, the punishment should fit the crime? 
or is capital punishment just like a special case where it should be a much harsher punishment because the crimes are so heinous? Does that, does that make sense? Does my question make sense? It does. Yeah, it does. And I think uh, I think it could go into both. And for this uh, situation, let's just uh, keep it to the capital punishment and uh, that okay. I believe that we should have capital punishment. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I just know that that was going to nag at me throughout the the conversation. So I just, I wanted to clarify that, that this is more of a, a holistic view that you have, but we're going to just focus on the capital punishment aspect, but you do believe this applies in other areas. It's not just strictly cap- capital punishment. Okay, cool. One caveat I want to add to this, this conversation, there's all sorts of research, there's court cases there is lots of information out there about this that we're not necessarily going to dive into. We'll, tangentially, we'll we'll talk about them, but we're not going to dive into, you know, all of the data and about the economic impacts of capital punishment. Like we're we're not going to go through all of that. We might reference it, but we're not going to go through that in this discussion because really my goal is to understand why Chase believes what he believes, and uh, we may not need to go into you know, debating the, all the data around that, if, if that makes sense. Oh. Yeah, that does. There, there's plenty of data out there and different uh, experiments and scientific experiments about the death penalty and whether it actually is effective and stuff like that. And so we can maybe reference it. But again, I don't think anything's really been solidified either and is actually established as fact. So I don't think yep. it would really help either way. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's what That's kind of the conclusion I came to as I was going through some of that stuff. Okay. So along those lines, I do want to clarify uh, what specifically you believe about capital punishment. So or, what, what's the right phrase to use? Is capital punishment interchangeable with the death penalty? You're, you're the yeah, criminal can, justice guy here. Like, I just want to make sure I'm using the right term. Yeah, we can just use uh, capital punishment or death penalty, either one. Oh, uh, okay. we'll, we'll call it either one for the, the sake of the podcast. Okay, that works. Okay, so... Do you have, like, what are your specific beliefs around, like, how it should be used? Like, uh, knowing you, you're not just this really harsh person person where, you know, even if a 14-year-old commits some horrible crime that capital punishment's on the table, like, I know that you're going to have some nuances about, like, when and where the capital punishment should be used. Like, do you want to talk to any of those just to give us some context before we really dig into it? Uh, sure. So you're kind of asking what for what crimes and stuff. So what crimes should, do you see like yeah. there being age restrictions? Do you I'm wondering what you think about, like how we should decide on it, because right now it's a state issue. Right. Do you think sure. that like federal government should say capital punishments on the board across like or is on the table across the board or that it should continue to be something decided by states like do you. Things that I don't think we're necessarily going to want to dive into like throughout this conversation, but like, let's just define it up front so that we're speaking the same language. Yeah, sounds good. Well, to answer that last question there, uh, I think it should be with the states so that each state has its own ability to make the rules and decisions and instead of making it the federal rule. Okay. Um, and maybe not opposed to the federal rule, but for now, I think uh, just leaving it with the states was, was fine. Uh, and then for as far as the crimes that I feel like should be deserving of the death penalty or capital punishment, um, I would say obviously the number one that comes to mind is a, a first degree murder, heinous, heinous murders and something that is very extreme in that case. Other than murder, I would 
I don't know what states or if any states even have this, but I, I would say like rape of a child and probably make that 18 for now, just anyone under 18, if it's forcible rape of a child, would be deserving of the capital punishment, in my opinion. Some other ones uh, that I would think of would be more, I don't know what the right word is, uh, governmental, like so treason. I think okay. uh, a lot of states have uh, capital punishment for treason. Including yeah, I was reading like that, es- that's still... Espionage, yeah, so like spying on your country, giving up secrets, stuff like that, which I think can not necessarily always be uh, deserving of the death penalty, but and if, if it's giving up big secrets or something that could harm other people or the country as a whole, I think that could definitely qualify. And then terrorism, treason, we talked about that one, and then other like war crimes and stuff. Okay. Like genocide, stuff like that, that people that already try to go along with that could... To definitely qualify. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I, I think that makes sense. Nothing super controversial there. I think that's pretty well in line with most kind of the consensus on what capital punishment should apply to and what what it shouldn't. That, that makes sense. What about, do you have any specific opinions on like due process and what that should look like when it comes to this? Because obviously taking someone's life is a pretty drastic measure. We should be sure that we're right. Do you have any thoughts on how we do that? Like, what are what are your beliefs around ensuring that we're we're right when we convict somebody of when we condemn somebody to death? Yeah, I think that actually uh, goes along with maybe two different uh, reasons why people support or don't support the death penalty, and that is one because innocent people could be put to death, and the other one is that it, it takes a long time and it can be a bigger financial burden on the, the country or state or whatever to get all the way to the death sentence piece of it. So, and because of that, I do, I do still believe that due process is important because of the fact that uh, we want to make sure we got the right person, that they've exhausted all avenues, that it was a fair trial, that everything that they could do to prove their innocence was done and that we are putting to death the, the right person. So I do believe uh, due process and I believe it's gotten better than it has been in the past and that it's hopefully trending in the right way, especially with science and technologies that improves. I think that'll help as well. Okay. Do you, any thoughts on like, I, I, this, this is stuff that you're going to know way more than I do about, but I'm, I'm curious we'll on like what the trial looks like. Like, is it a trial by jury kind of a thing? It, should it be, is, should it be something that can be decided by a judge? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Like when we make that decision that somebody needs to die because they've done something awful, how that decision gets made. Yeah, so uh, I think usually the trial is by a jury, and so the jury convicts them, but they don't actually deal out the sentence. Usually the, the judge deals out the sentence based off the, the crime, the seri- seriousness of it, the heinous uh, nature of it. Um, so the usually, jury, you're talking to a criminal justice noob here, so the, so the jury is the one that decides whether they're guilty or not. The judge is the one that deals out the, the specific sentence. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, okay. Again, okay. Like I, it's been a while, but uh, and I haven't actually been in a court and, and been involved in it. Yeah, right. So That's okay. There could be some nuances that I'm not aware of, but I think typically the, the judge deals out the sentencing after uh, all the evidence and, and guilty verdict has been given. And I think uh, a lot of times, too, uh, again, I'm not positive on how often, but I think typically they allow the victims to speak and to voice their opinions on whether the death penalty should be enforced or kind of what their thoughts and opinions are on it. So interesting. Okay. I think those are all of my kind of clarification questions that I wanted to get out of the way up front. Uh, any other context you want to add like before we 
get into the the moral discussion of it. Anything you want to clarify about your your position? Uh, no, I think I think we've clarified it well, and I think we're ready to kind of dive into it. Okay. Put it down. Cool. Okay. So first thing I want to do is ask why is, in your opinion, and, and I realize there might be multiple answers to this. And if there are, like give all of them to me. But why is capital punishment important to keep? What what are the main reasons that you think we need to keep it? Okay. Yeah, good question to start. So when I took criminal justice, one of the things we talked about was kind of the goals of criminal justice. Like what what are they trying to accomplish if someone commits a crime? Like what, what are the goals to satisfy the, the justice piece of that? And they kind of break it broke it down into five five things. So punishment. You've committed a crime. There should be some type of punishment. I think you might be writing this down, so I'll give you a chance to write it down. You're good. Punishment. Keep going. Uh, deterrence. So we're trying to deter people from committing this type of crime or any other crime. Uh, that's why we kind of have punishments as well to kind of keep people from committing crimes. Rehabilitation, which we can talk about later, which may or may not really apply to death penalty. Yeah, kind of uh, kind of hard to rehabilitate somebody that's... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> that's been exactly. put to death. <laughs> but no, I, it, it, it is. I, I see that it's, as a valid, valid it's, goal. It's part of the whole process. Yeah. So yeah. not just mess, dealing with people in. Uh, on yep, death makes, sense. makes uh, sense. Restitution, restitution, trying to correct it, make everything right again. And then the last one is uh, public safety, or uh, we, we've talked about it as incarceration. So oh, help me understand that it's public safety and incarceration, like, like yeah. So um, I mean, if someone commits a crime and it can be a threat to society incarcerating them is a form of keeping the public safe from that until the punishment and the other conditions have been met gotcha gotcha okay it's basically about removing threats to society and hence the incarceration you're removing them from society okay cool got it okay so those are cool those are that's interesting to know those are interesting um that they kind of talk about and it it kind of makes sense and to me that's kind of why i support the death penalty because i feel like i can see where it falls in in line with those goals there i think the question again was why do i support the death penalty yeah why why is it important to keep it why is it was important to keep it um because i think because of those five things we can go into each one specifically if you want but i think that death penalty can meet all those criteria and the one we talked about maybe is a little bit iffy, but obviously punishment is pretty severe punishment. So it obviously fits punishment. You want to go into that one a little bit more or have questions on that one? I think, I think um, it makes sense. I guess that, help me understand. I'm curious just on like punishment itself and how it relates to, to the death penalty. Why is that a goal? Like, because to me, punishment, the reason like, like, with, like with my kids, if I punish my kids for something they've done wrong, it's about deterrence to, to, to let them know, like, don't do that again. And let, you know, the, my, the rest of my kids know, like, this is out of bounds. Like you don't do this. So help me differentiate between punishment and deterrence. Is, is there a differentiation there or like, how do you see that? Cause they, they, um, they seem like the same thing to me. Punishment I, I is. It's, I, I, yeah, it's kind of a deterrence and it's kind of a, a way, it's kind of part falls into the, the deterrence and probably the, the restitution, retribution piece of it uh-huh. to try to make uh-huh. make it right again. But you've got to have that punishment to make some restitution or to to deter the crime. Okay. 
So, 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 you have so, to my, have, so there is a punishment set aside. Like, so, hey, if you do, you do this crime, there's this punishment associated with it. And so that's piece of it to help allow deterrence and restitution. Okay. So I guess that that's, I'm wondering like why that is a goal in and of itself punishment when to me, it seems like punishment is a means to achieving the goals of deterrence and restitution. Let's apply that to the death penalty. Like why do we need that goal with, with a crime that somebody's committed where we give them the death penalty? Like why is that a goal? Why is punishment a goal? Is that making sense? Does my question does. make sense? Yeah, I think so. Because this this person that has done this crime that is deserving of the death penalty, it is a serious crime that they have committed that has negatively affected someone or a lot of people in a way that they deserve to be punished for what they've done. They deserve, in these cases that I brought up, in my opinion, deserve the death penalty because they've done something significant to other people. And so it's kind of like a, a consequence of their actions. Gotcha. Okay. I think I'm, 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 I'm seeing it now. I was, I was looking at things in like a utilitarian perspective of like, okay, what's the, the end result that makes things better for everybody that, that we're going through for with just punishment. But what you're describing is it's more of a moral issue where like this person has done something wrong and it would be immoral of us to not punish them for it. It's not about like, what good does it do for society? I mean, that's, that, that is an, a piece of it. But when we're looking at just punishment as a goal in and of itself, it strictly is just a moral issue that when you've done something this wrong, like you need to be punished. It would be immoral of us to not punish you. That makes sense. It, does, does that yeah. describe what you're saying? That, that's what yeah, I'm hearing. It, I mean, yeah, it's part of, it's justice, like justice for what they've done. Okay, cool. All right, I, I feel I feel good about that one. Do you want Do you want to talk about the others? Deterrence, rehabil- yeah. rehabilitation, restitution, and public safety. Sure, deterrence. Uh, I think this one can also be controversial. Whether there's a bunch of studies I think that have been done, whether it does deter crime, whether it doesn't uh, deter people from doing these things, but I I believe that it does deter crime, simply because I feel like if you asked a lot of people, if you did something, would you rather go to jail for the rest of your life? Or would you rather be put to death? And uh, most cases, I think most people would say jail for the rest of their life. And and I think that shows up a lot of times in, in court cases and stuff when they have been convicted, they then start trying to fight to uh, avoid the death penalty. And so I feel like most people would prefer not to be put to death. And so I feel like because of that, it shows that there is some deterrence in that. Interesting. That makes sense. I, th- I want to dive into each of these a little bit more, but let's just go through the list and kind of clarify them. And then we'll really dig into each one. So that's deterrence and then rehabilitation. In this case, because it's uh, basically taking, removing them. And it's a pretty final decision. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a vital thing. So there's not a whole lot of rehabilitation that can be done there. However, I feel like a lot of people that are on death row, I don't have statistics on it, but there is kind of a, a big wake up moment for them and they can still be rehabilitated in the fact that they can, before they're uh, executed, they can try and, whatever they can in that time period, make amends, however they morally see fit. Interesting. No, that's, that's an interesting look at, maybe it's not rehabilitation of the person, like to introduce them back into society, but it's more of a chance for them to rehabilitate themselves morally before the end. Okay. And, uh, and other than that, like, yeah, there probably isn't a whole lot of other rehabilitation that can be done because the plan is to not, reintroduce them into society. All right, cool. 
Okay, next one. Uh, restitution. Restitution. Yeah. So this this uh, seems like a really important one when it comes to capital punishment. Yeah, I agree. And because of what we talked about earlier, and I th- I think more a lot of times uh, the victims do have a say or get to go up and speak and share their views and opinions on what they would like to have happen. Seeing someone that has significantly harmed them in a way that they des- they feel this person deserves the death penalty is a major restitution to them to uh, know that this person has been removed from society and that there's no chance that they'll be reintroduced into society and commit further crimes. Yeah, as I was preparing for this, that was a huge piece of the uh, the argument for the death penalty is it's maybe not healing, but it's... Uh, like a closure. It, it, yeah, it, it's something that the families of the victims they feel they need in order to really get justice. That yeah. if somebody's done something truly heinous, that restitution means that that person has forfeited their life. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I know there's been other times when someone has done something to someone, whether it's deserving of the death penalty or not, but those people worry whether this person's going to get out. And if they get out, are they going to come after them? Are they going to do something else to them or to someone else? And in this case, there's no chance for that. They're, they're gone. Mm, yeah. Interesting point. I mean, that, that whole, uh, manhunt that just happened in, was that Pennsylvania? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That, that kind of a thing. Just someone, someone, someone can escape or, you know, there's other yeah. ways that they can get out too. And you have to worry, is that person coming after me now? Right. Okay. That, that's something I hadn't thought about that makes sense. Okay. And then public safety. I think this one seems pretty straightforward, but anything Again, any, yeah. anything you want to add? I, I think it kind of goes along with what we just said. So you're, you're getting removing a threat from society, and once they are gone, they are no longer a threat to you and to other people in the community. So again, yeah, like you said, straightforward. Awesome. No, I like, I, I like this framework that you, you've lined your justification for it up with these different goals of criminal justice. And I think I'm impressed by that because I think that shows that you've really thought this through and you thought about, okay, what are the goals of criminal justice and does capital punishment align with those goals? And then you've come to the conclusion that it does. I already like the way you like went into punishment. Cause like, I just kind of thought it, but I hadn't actually like thought about it deeply of like, wait, how, how does that meet? Like, what is punishment and like, why do we have it? So already it, it's been interesting. Yeah, that actually is a good segue into the way I've been thinking about this whole issue. I think there's three main frameworks that you can discuss this through. There's a utilitarian perspective of like, what do we do to maximize the social good? Like to maximize as the number of people that have the maximum well-being. There's arguments there. And then there's a moral component of just like, like the punishment issue. That, that's why I thought of that is like, okay, this isn't about what's the social good that comes from it. It's just, this is a moral question of like, somebody's done something awful. They deserve to be punished because that is what's moral. It would be immoral of us to not punish them. And then the third one is just more like practical reasons. Like uh, you, we, you've hinted at it already, economic reasons, like the, the cost of executing people versus the cost of, you know, putting them in prison for life. There's that whole component. And I want to 
address all three of those areas, but I think it's important for us to be able to differentiate between those as we're discussing this, like that, that punishment example where we couldn't, couldn't see how that made sense from a utilitarian perspective until we looked through the moral lens. And as we're discussing this, I want to keep those in mind that there's those three areas that we need to look at this. So first, let's consider the morality of capital punishment. So my first question is, you believe in natural rights, correct? Like life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Does the idea of intentionally ending someone's life align with those beliefs is that is that a violation of of natural rights i mean that's that's a a big piece of the argument from people that are against capital punishment is that it's a violation of human rights it's a human rights issue what what are your thoughts on that like do you do you see it that way and if not like why what's your justification behind it i i do see that as a violation of those rights actually so, um, but I do still support it because I feel like these people, um, after all the processes have been done and they've been proven beyond a reasonable doubt that they are guilty and they've gone through all the post processes, that these people have done something so severe that they have forfeited their natural rights because they've basically taken those rights away from other people as well uh, to a significant degree that. I feel they no longer have that right anymore. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So anybody that has has taken away that same natural right of life to somebody else has therefore forfeited it. What about like you've mentioned rape cases, like forcible rape, because they're they're not necessarily taking someone's life, but you still feel that that's uh, grounds for taking away their natural right to life? Help me help me understand that. Okay. If we're looking at natural rights as life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, um, maybe necessarily didn't necessarily take away their life, but at least for the time being, and maybe for a while after, just mentally, uh, it's taken away their liberty, and then the pursuit of happiness. Uh, they're going to have to live with that the rest of life. No idea what the, the impacts of that to them mentally and physically are going to be. So I feel like that at least meets those two. Okay. What about, are there examples where somebody's natural rights are being violated and we are not punishing them to in such a harsh degree as, as capital punishment. Basically something that's pretty severe, but death penalty isn't a possible sentence for them. Yeah. So, uh, for cases that maybe aren't, um, that there aren't the death penalty and they are severe, I would, I personally would probably be uh, open to it to at least have a discussion. Um, and that's why I think that at the state level, it should, that's where it should be at the state level to make that decision um, and let people as a community and a state vote and express their opinions on that. Uh, but for the ones I listed, I would say those are kind of my minimum beliefs of what uh, should constitute a death penalty sentence. Okay. I, what I want to get at is, like, is this an underlying principle that you believe in, even if we're, even if we're not talking about the death penalty? Even if somebody has drunk driving, somebody knowingly intoxicated gets behind the wheel of a car, they crash into somebody and they paralyze that person for the rest of their life. Would it make sense to then intentionally paralyze the drunk driver as a punishment? Like, is it morally acceptable for us to do that? Or do you see that as being an immoral form of punishment? Because that's, that's the way I'm seeing it with uh, capital punishment. 
potentially is that we're, it's kind of an eye for an eye thing, right? Like you take a life, your life gets taken from you. Does that then apply at lesser crimes such as, you know, I paralyze this person, therefore I get paralyzed. Does, does that make sense? Does my question make sense? It does. Let me see if I can kind of talk to it, at least from my perspective here is, yeah, kind of an eye for an eye for the death penalty in, in a way, but more of like a... This is a tough one to talk it, about. It, it, I'm it, can, it, can fall under, it can fall under the cruel and unusual punishment, though. So um, for the death penalty, I would say we've established that it um, doesn't necessarily fall under cruel and unusual punishment, although some states um, have banned it, and so they, they have determined it to, to fall under that category. I personally do not. That, that, okay, so that, but it's, but that, it's, that's it's really what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's is not necessarily like you would consider paralyzing life. somebody is like that's cruel and unusual punishment, but the death penalty isn't. So what's the distinction there? Like, why do you consider the death penalty not to be, but you know, intentionally paralyzing somebody is like that? That's my question: is what's the distinction? I'd, I'd probably have to look at a little bit more as far as the those goals of criminal justice and how like paralyzing someone would fit into those things. I don't think that's right, obviously. To, to satisfy criminal justice, the, those goals there. But as far as morally, why that's acceptable? I mean, let's look at them. Punishment, deterrence, rehabilitation. It conflicts with that. But we, we established that yes. capital punishment kind of does too. Restitution, yeah, to some degree. And then public safety. Yeah, I see, I see it, it, it kind of, to me, it aligns at least as well as capital punishment does. Or am, am I wrong okay. about that? Oh, potentially, yeah. Like, if I looked into it a little bit more, maybe it does. I'd say that those crimes are would be cruel and unusual punishment because there's other ways to deal with those crimes that are better and morally right. Whereas, like, if you've done something so severe, the best answer would be removing this person from society. Okay. And I don't know if that quite makes sense. Um, yeah, because I, I still question could, to, I could take that thought. argument and still apply it to capital punishment. There are other ways to deal with that issue that maybe are more, to some people, more morally right, that we're not ending a life and still removes that person from society. But you, you see the threat of that person still being, you know, potentially being able to escape from prison and you know, get back into society is enough to justify not choosing that option. Is that? Yes. That's what, that's and what I'm hearing. Yes, I agree. And that's kind of what I'm saying. And that's, that's, I think that makes sense, but also because it's a good deep question here and I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly where the, my thoughts and beliefs lie, but that's, that's the, whole point the, this, the death right? penalty for me should be for those very serious crimes. It's it's not just you've you accidentally killed someone like manslaughter or some. Is that the distinction? The intention of the person that that did it, where like manslaughter, like the, the the drunk driving, they didn't go out intending to kill someone. They just made a poor choice in getting behind the wheel when they were intoxicated, and it resulted in someone dying. But yeah, somebody I mean, that could, we apply capital punishment to is they've intentionally killed someone. Yes, um, okay. I think that actually okay. is a good way to clarify it, and that makes sense. Now, you could also argue that maybe there – so for first-degree murder, I think it's uh, – that's the intent and like a, almost like a plan, premeditated kind of thing. I'd have to look exactly what the definition of first-degree murder is. But yeah, there's there's some kind of like – they, they we, don't, we don't have to get out of the legalese of it, but yeah, I, exactly. I, I get what you're saying. That it, it's there. There's a demonstrable <laughs> intent behind it to kill someone. Yeah. Yes. Now, I think there's 
in, in these a lot of these cases, I feel like there's two directions people go, and there are two extremes. And, I, and a good quote, a good philosophical, uh, philosophical quote for you from Aristotle is, uh, yes, uh, uh, I think he said something like, "Evil lies in the extremes," or something like that. Yeah, oh, I like that. So, um, evil lies in the I, extremes. I feel, like, I feel like there's two extremes. That. Extremes to that. So, one you could have extreme where there is a person that has committed these crimes that has no feelings. They are totally cut off from emotion and it doesn't mean anything to them. And then the other extreme is where they enjoy doing it. It's, it's pleasurable to them and, and that's what they want to do. And so they're going to keep doing it. So there's, there's obviously room in between that as well, but these are kind of some extremes where one of them, the no feelings, no emotions, you could say like maybe they didn't really intend to kill it, but it still fits to me, it still fits the category of death penalty because even if they didn't get pleasure out of it, if they if they set out with the intention of ending someone's life, then it merits the death penalty. Is that it? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It makes sense. And then obviously in the, the other other end of the spectrum where they get pleasure out of it, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. What about another question when it comes to the morality of this is we can get it wrong, right? And there's, there's been proven cases of this where we got it wrong and somebody got put to death that wasn't guilty. Does the potential for that to happen, you know, ending an innocent person's life, would that potentially outweigh the, the moral imperative that you're saying we have to end the life of somebody that's committed a terrible crime? If we could potentially get it wrong and end a human life unjustly, it is it still moral? Does that make sense? So I think, yeah, it does. And I think this is probably one of the biggest arguments against the death penalty. Um, yeah, I think so. that innocent people have been put to death. And I don't know what the stats are on that. And if there's actually been recorded instances of this, which there probably has. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that we've put to, get, put to death several innocent people. I actually just finished reading uh, Dostoevsky's book, The Brothers Karamazov or Karamazov, I think is how you say it. It's a Russian name. I don't know, okay. but amazing book. But in the it, the the whole like last half of the book is this trial where this Dmitri, all of the evidence points to him having killed his father, but Dostoevsky leaves this room for doubt that maybe he didn't, but because of all the evidence like suggesting it, he ends up getting. It's set in like the. I think the 19th century, but he ends up getting convicted of killing his father. And he, it's, it's just this really interesting, like philosophical question that Dostoevsky puts out there is like, is this wrong to convict somebody to death, like to condemn them to death when there's potential that they didn't actually commit that crime? Like how sure should we be before we're willing to have that final of a solution? Uh, very good point. And I think, the system has gotten better. And I think there are faults in the criminal justice system that we're trying to always improve and trying to be better. And in the past, with the improvements of science and technology and stuff now we have that they didn't have back then, Makes sense. It, it, it does allow for better, more accurate... We can be a lot surer now than we than, yeah, exactly. than we have been in the past. That makes sense. Okay. So, so number one, they have to be convicted by 12 people well, random people, a jury, beyond a reasonable doubt. Okay. So that right there, beyond reasonable doubt, 
should mean that there's little to no doubt that this person has, uh, is the one that has committed this crime. Now there are some that probably get through and, and I'm sure there has in the past. But after that, so now you've already got it down to hopefully the most minimal amount of uh, mistake or room for error. And now they continue to have uh, other appeals processes and other uh, legal proceedings following that to get all the way to the death penalty. And that's why it's kind of a long process. Yeah, which brings up other issues that we're, we'll get to. But yeah, when we're just looking at the, at the moral one, so you're, because, you're saying because, that the yeah. system right now is really good at making sure we're right. It, it is supposed to be. And uh, I hope that it is. And with, like we've talked about a little bit already, science and technology as it improves, it's getting better at saying there is no way anyone else could have been the one that did this because of X, Y, and Z. How... I know this is going to be a hard question to answer, but I'm just curious what you think. How sure do we need to be that it's that it's right before it justifies, you know, taking lives? If there's any room for error, would that make this an immoral, potentially immoral thing to do? Or do you feel that the moral Im- imperative, like I said, to remove and punish those people that have done awful things enough of them from society that it then justifies some room for error, some, some small amount that maybe we get wrong. We're all humans and we're going to make mistakes and there's always going to be room for error. There's, there's no way you can ever have a 100% solution. Even if the person says they were the ones that did that, there's been people that have been, um, that it could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that they, they have, falsely falsely yeah um i can't it's something about that i can't remember the exact term but yeah they've, they've confessed when they weren't actually the ones that did it so there's always going to be a little bit of room for error so for me the process that is in place that if everybody is trying their best to get justice and to follow the rules and that the that they have been given their due process that hopefully it is as minuscule of a chance for being wrong as possible to me that is enough okay i hope that makes do sense. you i mean do you have a cutoff point like if we get it right 95 percent of the time if we're below that then that's you know if we only get it right 85 percent of the time that's that we should not put people to death but you know above 95 then we should like do, do you have a cutoff point I do not. I, I don't know how you would quantify that because I also Never believe right. that. I mean, ex- just, ex- just executing any innocent person is not good. And is right. Wrong. So theoretically, yeah. like, the, I guess what I'm getting at is like, how many innocent deaths would have to happen in order for you to say, yeah, this isn't moral? Like, do you, do you have a point where it crosses that threshold? I do not. Even if we can't know for sure, like, would you have a point? Like, if you could know that. Do you have a point where you say, yeah, this is no longer moral? I do not have a certain number. And I, I definitely don't want any innocent person executed. But there's innocent people that are sitting in jail for the rest of their life, too. And there's innocent people that are being punished for all sorts of crimes. So we can't avoid that. And so I don't isn't that preferable reason. to being killed, though? Like maybe we get it wrong and they end up sitting in jail for the rest of their lives. I guess it, it gets to that rehabilitation goal. Like there's more of a chance for rehabilitation of 
both a criminal or somebody that like they have a more of a chance to prove that they weren't, that they are in fact innocent. Like, is that a better solution? Like that, that people have that chance. Like, yeah, I, I'm just really trying to push you on this. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily yeah, no. disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to get to like, where, where's your, uh, let me, let me, let me think how I'm trying to phrase the, the question here that, that I want to ask. It's not necessarily where's your line, but like, yeah, how short, you, how short yeah. do you have to be that the system is working to justify killing people? You know, you know what I mean? Like if, if there's room for doubt that the system isn't working, because like you said, we can never know a hundred percent how many we're actually getting right and wrong. Like, obviously we we're pretty confident that we're getting a lot of them. Right. But like, what if, if there's potential that the system's getting some portion of them wrong, like, do, is that something we should be concerned about or do we just, I guess you've kind of answered it. You trust the process well enough that it, you feel like it's getting enough of them right that you're not super concerned about the potential ones that it's getting wrong. Cause there always will be some, you can't ever get a system to produce a hundred percent perfect outcomes, but you feel like the, based on how the process works, that it's getting enough, right. That it's, it's okay. Yes. I want to state that like I, Definitely do not want any innocent person executed and any right. innocent person executed is, is obviously bad. And there were some failures in the system that led to that. And so if there were, I don't think that should get rid of the death penalty completely, but we should analyze what we got wrong and what we can do to fix it. And improve the system. Okay. Okay. So yeah, not necessarily that you have a cutoff point, but you're, you have enough confidence in the system as it's functioning right now that we continue to keep the death penalty. If we're getting enough right outcomes and as we come across those few that we do get wrong, we analyze those and improve the system to make sure that we're co constantly getting more and more of them right. That's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Your we face is like, dude, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> no, I, I agree. But I, it just, it hurts a little bit when you're like, we get enough right because like enough to me is not enough. Well, I agree. That That's but, the point I'm trying to make is, right. But and I I'm not, tr we, not trying to make you the bad guy here. Like, I think it's clear that you don't want any to be wrong. But if we're just looking at the system, like we have to accept that there's going to be some number that are wrong. Yeah. No, I, I, that, that makes sense. And I think we could continue down this going uh, a lot deeper in it, but to kind of go back to the actual discussion and, and hit some other points, I think we have time to keep digging into this one. Other than to just, for me, it's like, yes, let's continue to improve the process. Hopefully we're not getting anyone innocently executed. Makes sense. But there are there there are going to be things that are just wrong or yep. people make mistakes. We yeah, and we we constantly want to be improving that system. And I, yeah, I think you've made that clear. You're not okay with failures in the system, but the the death penalty it's important enough to have to meet these goals of criminal justice that we keep going with it. And as we come across failures, we improve the system. I think that's fair. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's move on. Interesting, interesting thing though that I could we could probably spend the rest yeah. of the time talking about. But. Yeah, easily. Okay, so let's talk about what's the next one? Deterrence. So this this is an interesting one that really just gets down to like, what do we know? Does it actually deter crime or does it not? I know that there's a lot of debate about it. As I was researching this, like there's all sorts of studies. It seems like the most recent consensus is that it does deter crime, but there are definitely 
a significant number of social scientists, economists, people studying criminal justice that believe that it doesn't deter crime. So I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are there. Like, how sure do we need to be that it actually is deterring crime before, like, it's justified that we're, you know, ending lives? Uh, you like to speak it for sures and, and, and try and get, like, percentages. But uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have a percentage of how, how much, how often it needs to deter crime to make it worth it. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of studies that say one way or another that they've proven that it does deter crime or it doesn't deter crime. Right. I don't think we'll ever know because it's, it comes down to yep. each individual person. For one person, it may deter them from doing that and another person, it may not. And so because of, that, I, because of that, I feel like you can argue that it does deter crime. Yeah, you made, you made that point at the beginning. And I, th- I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. When people are convicted that they that, yeah. are faced with either the death penalty or life in prison, and typically they try to fight uh, to get the death penalty off the table. Yep. Yep. I, I, I think that, that, that makes a good case for people don't want to die and that's a, a good deterrent. Makes sense. My question is like, because it's such a heavy decision, like a, such a final decision, do we need to be more sure that those goals that we're, we're setting out for with, with this, with criminal justice that it's actually meeting those goals before we justify something as harsh as, as the death penalty. I'm not asking you to say like, how sure do we need to be? I know that that's how I phrased it, but does it become a moral issue when there's some doubt about whether or not it is in fact meeting those goals of criminal justice that you, you listed at the beginning? And if not, that, that's, that's okay. If not, if you, if you still feel like it's, it's justified, just help me understand why. Uh, that is a good question. And I, don't know if I necessarily have an answer. I'm trying to think about it here, just like my opinion on it, that because I believe that it deters crime, and so I, I can see how it fits. But if if we're not sure as a society whether uh, it deters crime, does it still meet that goal? And if if it doesn't, is it still worth the death penalty? I think that's kind of what you're getting yep. at, right? Yeah, yeah. Even like I and I, I trust your opinion as somebody that knows a lot more about this than I do and that you believe that it deters crime. You've, you've probably read more about this and studied more about this than I have. I just, just because you believe that, does that in fact mean that it really does deter crime? Like, do we, we need, I mean, you've listened to my other episodes, right? We, we need objective evidence that we can all go to, to say, yeah, this is true or this is not true. And right now, I don't know if that objective evidence exists. Even though I, I I trust your opinion, and if somebody asked me right now, like, does it deter crime? Because of, I've talked to you about this, I'd probably say, yeah, I think it does. But me, just us thinking that it does is that, you know, the guy that's sitting in the injection chair and about to die because of it, like, is that good enough? You know what I mean? Or do we yeah. need to have really solid evidence that? we're actually meeting that goal of deterring crime. Yeah, no, good question. And I am no expert on this. Uh, even though I've studied a little bit about it, that's not making me even close to an expert. And obviously just what I believe... You're more of an expert than me. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. No pressure. And what I, what I believe doesn't necessarily uh, mean the rest of society believes it, but I think as a society, we can make, come to that decision that we believe that it does meet that goal. And that's why we, as a state, it should be, uh, that's why I think it should be at a state level is because the population gets to vote whether 
they want to keep it or not. Okay. And so as a whole, as a more... I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but... Sure. Can voters get things wrong? They can, but uh, if we're trying to live in a pluralistic society, then I think that we have to allow for that. Okay. I just, I, if I'm putting myself in that chair <laughs> and I'm about to die over this, like, is that a good enough answer for me that voters I, I voted that I don't have should any, be illegal, but I don't have any access who says the voters got it wrong. I have no evidence to back this up other than uh, what I believe, what a bunch of other people believe. And yeah, yeah. I could go look at my studies that support my opinion, but there's obviously studies that uh, don't support my opinion. So I, there's no hard evidence in it, but I think you could argue that with probably any of the goals actually is like, does it meet this goal? And you could say yes or no. And some people would agree and some people wouldn't. So. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I think that's a good answer. It definitely leaves, it leaves, you know, more room for this to be discussed. We could spend the rest of the time talking about that specific issue, but let's move on. I think think you've given a good answer that, that maybe we don't have a good like consensus that we've all come to about it, but Based on your view of it, you think that it is deterrent. It is enough of a deterrent that it is meeting that goal of criminal justice. Makes sense. Cool. So let's jump on to the the goal of rehabilitation. I, I think this this does fit under the the moral piece of how how we look at this, and then also a practical issue of like, are people getting rehabilitated? Is it better for society? I, I, you know utilitarian perspective as well. So I think it's worth discussing the rehabilitation piece. You talked a little bit about how even though the death penalty is a final thing, there is no rehabilitation after that. It does give people on death row an opportunity to kind of rehabilitate themselves, maybe morally, because they realize the gravity of what they've done and that they're facing that you know, the end of their lives. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? How the death penalty helps achieve the goal of rehabilitation? Yeah, I think I think that pretty much sums it up. I think rehabilitation is probably one of the weakest parts of our criminal justice system and can could be it's better looked true. at and, and improved. So regardless of the crime, I feel like the rehabilitation piece is pretty weak. And that's why if someone were to be in a situation on death row or whatever, and then be released back into society, I feel like there would not be decent enough rehabilitation to actually put them back into society. It's interesting what you were saying that basically our our criminal justice system right now doesn't provide good enough rehabilitation for people that have committed a serious enough crime for the death penalty to actually be rehabilitated. So the answer is capital punishment. What if? Well, well that and that. It, in did case, did I misrepresent that? Go go ahead. I don't, I want to make sure it's like because rehabilitation sucks that we need to just kill these people. It's it's more of like there should be capital punishment, and even if there was no capital punishment, the rehabilitation for these people would be less than ideal. Gotcha. I don't, okay. Also makes sense. Do you think? Do you think that in theory we could design a good enough rehabilitation system that even people that have committed these serious crimes that they could be rehabilitated and introduced back into society potentially? Or do you think that they're they are just too far gone for that to truly happen, and so therefore they they just have to be removed? I don't know. Maybe 
not sure what what other systems or things that someone could come up with to to make that happen. And in these cases, I'd say probably not, but there there is a possibility. And I I, I do I, I did think of something just now when you're asking that is like throughout history they they've had death penalty and people put to death all the time for lesser things or greater things. And one form of kind of capital punishment I think they used in the past was um, abolishment and basically sending them to go somewhere else. In a way, it was kind of the same same thing because you're you're removing this person from society and you're sending them somewhere else that that's what australia was, back, was yeah, right? back then like there's no chance basically zero chance for this person to come back and inflict any more crime on society now I, I i still think that in some cases even back then that wouldn't have met the goal in some cases because now they can be a threat in australia or uh, to other people but still but you've you've removed them from your society mm, yeah it is a very uh, egocentric way of looking at it. Of well, we're protect, we're protected, but yeah. you know these other people, not so much. Yeah, and I think okay. we'll get into it a little bit more later, but yeah, yeah, that that seems to fall under the public safety yeah. goal public safety of criminal justice. I, I'm curious about with rehabilitation. So you're skeptical that we could improve our efforts enough. Well, no, you didn't really say that. I I Um, am a little bit, I think I get what you're saying. I am a little skeptical about it because of, like we've talked about earlier, the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. These people have basically taken away someone else's or whatever that, to me, they've lost their own right to those inherent rights. So To to a point that you don't think that for most vast majority of them, there's no hope in rehabilitating them because they violated that, that natural right of, of another person. Yeah. Maybe no hope, but also morally not right to allow them back. Gotcha. Okay. It's a, it's a moral question that it's, it's morally because yeah. Yeah. Because they've taken that, that sacred right of somebody else to life. They have then forfeited theirs. Okay. That's what I'm hearing a lot in this discussion is for you, it comes down to a moral issue, not necessarily like utilitarian, like does it lead to the best outcomes? Not necessarily, you know, like an economic concern. We haven't even got into that yet, but like you haven't touched on that a whole lot. Like what I'm really hearing is for you, it it comes down to a moral issue that some people have committed a serious enough crime and violated somebody else nat- somebody else's natural rights enough that they have forfeited theirs. That's really I, what I, I'm... I'd say for me, yeah, because it's my belief that it is mostly moral, but I do see a lot of other benefits of well, as well. Right, right, so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 I'm, yeah, I don't want to simplify it to that's all that you think about it, but that's yes. like, if I were to like distill this down to like your core belief around this, that's what I'm hearing is it's mostly um, a moral you think it's it's immoral to not punish somebody that's that has has done such a heinous crime they forfeit that right to life is yeah. is more or less what you're saying that, that that's if i, I were to distill this down to yeah. what your underlying belief is that's what i'm hearing yeah but i think also as we continue this discussion and get into the other topics i think it could also be more than just the moral piece it might we might think it's more of the the other pieces of it okay Let's let's go on to restitution now. Obviously, there's there's a lot lot we could talk about here when it comes to like victims' families, 
well, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe that's really the the main piece is is there, that's how where the restitution comes in is the the victims' families. Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely that piece of it because they are getting some kind of retribution and closure for the situation that happened. Uh, but I think also society is getting some kind of restitution out of it, knowing that this threat has been removed from society. Okay, I, I can see that. What about for the the individual themselves? Like when I think of restitution, I think of it being for the benefit of the person that's done something wrong. Like I'm paying my debt to society, right? Like does it apply to them or is it just about like all the other people that have been affected by the they're getting, you know, that sense of their justice has been served? Uh, good question. I haven't really thought about it from their perspective. From So you're saying from the criminal's perspective. Yeah, maybe not necessarily like what they're thinking, because obviously they're probably thinking, I don't want to die. But is there some value in the criminal recognizing that they are paying their debt to society? They have forfeited that right to life, and therefore, like, that's why they have to lose it. Like, is there is there any value there? I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's not. Maybe there is. Uh, I haven't really thought about it. And I don't really know how to answer that, because what I've thought of as restitution is basically some kind of compensation to the victim's families or those that have been negatively affected either financially or some other way of trying to help them get closure or pay back what happened to them. Okay. That makes sense. Do, is there another way to get that restitution? Like, does it have to be through this person died? Like like if we go back to my, my example of the drunk driver, I'm sure that there are victims that would feel that sense of restitution that, you know, he, I'm paralyzed. Now he's paralyzed. Do we need to have that harsh of a restitution for them to really pay their debt to society? Or are there other ways to do it that aren't as harsh that still allow them, you know, life? Does that make sense? Can Yeah. And I think there are other ways. And oftentimes they do get life in prison or something like that. So I think it, goes case by case and i think the i like the idea of the victims having somewhat of a maybe not a say in it but like being able to voice their opinions whether they think they should or should not because i think that is part of the restitution process is they deserve some kind of compensation or something and and maybe that's what they want but if if that's not what they want or if it can be met a different way then i think life in prison could also be could meet that that restitution piece Okay, but you're seeing it as it the the victim or the victim's family should have it's primarily for their sake for their sake. And yes. so therefore and that that's the that's the major consideration that we should be having is like do they feel they're getting restitution? Is to me the restitution piece yes, uh primarily for okay. the victims now like, there's other factors that go into whether they actually get the sent- the death sentence or not and that comes down to the judge's final decision, but I do feel their opinion matters. Yeah, the, 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 obviously the and judge they, is going to yeah, not just base not it on the emotions of the family. He's going to take a bunch of other things into account, but exactly. you feel like that's a major piece that should be considered, and that's that's the main driving piece when it comes to restitution. Yes. Cool. Makes sense. Anything else you want to say about that, or should we jump on to the next one? I think we can move on. I don't know. There's probably more we can talk about, it, but I, I don't have anything else to add, really. Okay. So let's talk about public safety. I think this has a lot to do with deterrence. Well, maybe not. Maybe it doesn't. Because deterrence, 
tell me if I'm framing this the right way. When I, when we talk about deterrence, I'm seeing it as it deters other people from committing the same crime. When we're talking about public safety, it's about removing that immediate threat of the person that yes. did commit the crime from public. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so that's, I'm, that's I'm, why I think incarceration was kind of the other term that uh, I think I actually learned was, was a uh, incarceration because um, you're, you're okay. removing that threat from society. So gotcha. I think removing this Go person ahead. from society by capital punishment definitely meets that, that goal there 100%. And I think it's important because we've talked about people being able to escape. There's times when they've been able to get out of jail for other reasons or, or whatever and get back into society. And some have gone back and, and committed more crimes and some haven't. And maybe we don't know, but by removing them and executing them, there's no, no more threat. We don't have to worry about that person anymore. Makes sense. So it's the um, ultimate form of public safety for the for that crime. Yeah, the, the, that person is that person has been removed as a threat completely. Makes sense. Uh, I think the the obvious question here is: is there a way to achieve the same goal without having to kill them, like like life imprisonment? Yeah, and I kind of figured you'd, you'd go you'd ask that. And yes, in a way that meets that goal because you're removing them from society, but you haven't completely removed them. So there are still opportunities for them to kill someone else in prison that I don't know, it could be your brother that's just there because he made one bad choice, you know, and now, now he killed someone else there. It could be a guard that point. just that's where they happen to be and they got killed. So they, they're still, if you're there for life in prison and there's no other further punishment really that can happen to you, What's stopping you from from doing anything else? Oh, that's a good point. Is there's, still, still there is no stick to motivate them to at least behave themselves better while in prison. Like they 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 no longer have any incentive to not kill someone, right? Like if if they've yeah. already got the maximum punishment possible through life imprisonment, then why wouldn't they continue to kill people? Whether even if it's in prison, like yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. And, and just the fact that they're still a threat to other people, regardless if they're other murderers or other people, they're still a threat to them. They're a threat to the guards that have to watch them and, yep. and yep. The, the possibility that they could escape or get out for other reasons. So. Great point. That is a really good point. I think that answers that question pretty well. One other I, note. Sorry, I don't know if it necessarily pertains to public yeah. safety. Maybe it, it might fall under line under more of the restitution piece, but and, and I think it kind of would is when they go and they are going up for sentencing, whether it's life in prison or the death penalty, a lot of times they'll make a plea deal to not get the death penalty to get life in prison by giving up something like where the person, maybe they murder someone, where that person's buried. or They cooperate with They, they cooperate with more the and, and provide more, more information to help give closure to that family. So it's, it's also like a kind of like a bargaining chip, but... I don't think it should always, it's like not that it should be used that way. And that's why we should have capital punishment is like a bargaining chip, but it, that is a positive to me that can okay. help with the restitution piece. That makes sense. It's not, it's not the underlying justification for it, but it is a component that, that is a benefit to be able to have is, is it, we have that bargaining chip. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I think that would, yeah, fall kind of under the restitution piece to help give closure to that family. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That makes sense. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I came into this discussion like 
pretty skeptical. I, honestly, I haven't like learned enough about this to really like have an opinion one way or the other. But I just thought like, man, killing somebody is a really harsh thing to do. So I'm I'm curious how Chase is going to answer like some of these these concerns that I'm reading from people that are critical of of capital punishment. And you've answered a lot of them really well. And it's it's definitely helping me to see that there's there's more nuance to this than than I, I even thought at, at first. And there's a good case to be made for capital punishment remaining a, a component of our criminal justice system. So, yeah, yeah. I, thanks for thanks for doing that. I I enjoyed getting a new perspective on it. I, I do have another Perfect. question about. I'm curious of your thoughts on like the economic piece. Like there, there's general consensus now that it costs more to have the death penalty than it does to just incarcerate people for life. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that that are, bring up all sorts of other ethical issues around like how long it takes and, you know, all of the appeals that go back and forth. And, you know, somebody spends years on death row, probably decades on death row. But... Is it, is it, is it, because what I'm mostly hearing from you is that it is a moral issue and that it does deter crime are though, do those outweigh the extra cost that might be associated with putting somebody on death row? It does. And it is more expensive from studies and stuff that I've read and seen to get all the way to the death penalty and execute someone because of all the appeals processes and how yep. long it can how long it can drag out that twenty something years maybe down the road where they're finally getting executed maybe they only had ten years left to live like you know you spent right. all this extra money so like obviously it's going to be probably more expensive the interesting thing that I was thinking about this from a financial perspective two, sorry two things one is because it's more important to not execute an innocent person to me the cost justifies that to put more money towards it to make sure we're getting the right person but also just looking at the numbers a little bit it looks like. 18, 18 people were executed last year in 2022. And so now there's there's obviously more people on death row than just those 18, but 18 per year to me doesn't sound like it could possibly be that much more of an extreme financial burden to okay. make it not worth it. Okay. I, I don't know what the actual total cost is to, to get someone executed and get all the way to that point, but 18 per year out of thousands that are in prison doesn't seem like an excessive amount of uh, financial burden. Here, I was actually reading about this. 2,000 total on death row right now. Okay. Yeah, because those were more the numbers I was seeing. Is like, And that, that's it's not just the cost of those that actually get executed. It's the cost of housing everybody that's on death row. Yeah. Right? But, which, I mean, that's... A, which, it's, it's just the extra cost because... It's the extra cost of, of all the court, or the court stuff yes. that goes on. Because you're going to pay still, the cost of housing them anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that actually costs for the 18 people per year, which we could argue is maybe should be higher, maybe it should be lower. I don't know. Plus the cost of the court cases that are going on for everybody that's on death row. Exactly. There's still appeals processes and stuff too. So it's, I don't know if you could get an actual number, but maybe you can. Maybe you've already seen one. Basically the, the studies that have been done on this have shown that it's definitely all of the court costs. And then, it does cost a significant amount of money to actually do an execution, but... And again, I think it's mainly because but, of the, the legalness of it, making sure that everything is met, but... Right. Um, 
while you're looking that up, because I took criminal justice and, and we had some people come talk to us, we did have one guy come talk to us that was actually on a, one of the uh, execution teams for a, a uh, trial in Utah. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but it was interesting to hear kind of his perspective on it and the fact that it was a execution by firing squad. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was there's five rifles with uh-huh. four four of them actually being uh, loaded with actual ammunition, one with like a blank that fires like the random ammunition. blank, right? Yep, but it, they all uh, operate and function the same way to so that nobody really knows who got the blank kind of thing to kind of allow for some moral peace to those people as well. And we can right. that, that's something we could talk about too if you, if you wanted to but, um, it was just interesting to hear his perspective on it and what went into it that would be an interesting piece to get into like how it affects the actual executioners i don't know that we need to go into that like that i think that's an interesting question but i don't know that it's it might not be worth going into it in this conversation but yeah yeah at least because... from, at least from his perspective he volunteered to do it so you're probably not going to volunteer to do it if you're concerned about or worried about it. But then also True. there's that piece of it. It's like they didn't know who was the actual one that had the blank and that. So it kind of allows for some peace of mind there too. Makes sense. There, there could be some negative factors to that and, and mental. Yeah, issues. I think there there could be. But I, I would be skeptical that those are going to outweigh mental health issues that, you know, maybe people working in the prison system are going to suffer from watching somebody be incarcerated for life and perhaps they commit other crimes while in prison that people have to deal with, or maybe just seeing these people like living in this isolation because I, I, as I understand somebody that's committed that bad of a crime, like they live pretty isolated lives and that might be difficult for somebody to watch. I, I, I think it's pretty comparable. Like I don't, I don't think that I don't see that being a major argument against capital punishment. Yeah, it might be like somewhat, somewhat of one, but not uh, one of the core ones. So I found some of those numbers. A 2008 study indicated that, uh, let's see, a state, which state in Maryland, which came close to abolishing the death penalty in its recent legislative session. Uh, a 2008 study indicated that the state spent at least an additional $37.2 million for each one of the state's five executions in the modern era. So, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars, and I, I see some number, other numbers in here where it's, you know, in excess of like $100 million, uh, for some states. But when you consider a total budget for a state, it's not a ton. But you you believe that ensuring that we have that long process to make sure we get it right is worth that extra extra cost is what what you said yes okay fair enough now i can respect that do you think that it's it's an issue that during that process somebody is living in isolation and like is is that an ethical issue that we not only are going to put them to death but we make them live in this uncertain am i gonna die am i not also like imprisoned isolated life until they do find out if they're dying or not like is that inhumane like eighth amendment kind of thing like is that uncruel or is that excessively cruel form of an excessively cruel form of punishment possibly yeah i don't know um isolation can be very detrimental to your mental health so it it could be argued as 
uh, inhumane. It's kind of a paradox here, like where we right. speed up the process so they don't have to spend as long and we, we then put them to death. But then like if we speed up the process, there's more potential that we get things wrong. Like we want to be super certain. I, I don't know how you frame that trade-off in your mind, but I, I'm not sure how you how you how you work through that. I mean, yeah, if they're not put to death anyway, they're going to probably be spending their whole life in isolation, or a decent portion of it isolated from most people. So oh, that's um, a fair point. I guess way, the only extra only extra difficulty it's going to inflict on them is that they don't know if they're going to die or not. Right. Yeah, that's true. But then I don't know. Maybe someone spending 30 years in isolated like that maybe like man i wish i would have just been just kill me now kind of thing but it's know. true yeah yeah like you said when they're in court they they usually fight to avoid the death penalty but i wonder if they still would after they've spent 30 years in prison like are they still yeah. gonna or are they or are they gonna say ah just kill me <laughs> i think i think it'd actually be less detrimental i don't know maybe not but I, I think maybe it would be less detrimental than just life in prison because you have something to fight for interesting but maybe not okay. i don't know i'm not in a position to, to say and it could be different per person interesting okay definitely a potential question to to dig into and try to answer but we just don't have the answers right now okay cool i think those are all of my questions i it really if I were to summarize your belief here, it's that the death penalty is a moral imperative because somebody has committed such a heinous crime, they have forfeited their right to life. And it's not only moral, morally acceptable, it's it's kind of a moral obligation for us to remove that person as a threat. And then also tangential, like, or not tangent, but connected to that is that it does deter crime. So it meets that that goal. And then- there's, we're not clear enough on these other issues that you feel convinced that it overrides the moral obligation we have to deter crime and to punish those that have, have done something that heinous. Does, does that summarize where For you're at? Part, yeah. And, and maybe we could have gotten to more of that. We had more time and more like prep and ways to pull up more documents and court cases and statistics and stuff. But based off the conversation we have now and prep that we put into it, but we didn't get into that. I think even if we had time to do that, there's not enough of a consensus that, that we're going to come to a, a, a solid conclusion. Like when we were talking about the whole deterrence thing, like there are plenty of studies that show it doesn't deter crime. There are plenty of studies that show that it does. So I don't know that we're going to get a really clear answer on some of those. So for me, and what I'm hearing from you is like, it mostly comes down to this moral question of this person has forfeited their right to life. And in order to protect others, they, they need to lose that yeah. for themselves. I think that's fair. Now, if I were the guy that was wrongly accused and I'm sitting in the, the chair, I might disagree with you. Like that, that's, that, that's the place I put myself in is like, you know, like I can say that there's there's maybe some number of people that we wrongly put to death and like that's just going to be part of the system. But the need that we have in order to maintain that public safety, to deter crime, to just have that moral punishment, that outweighs the few that we might get wrong. But if I'm the guy, I'm going to be like, uh-uh, no way. <laughs> so yeah. it's just always something to think about. Sure. 
and I think we can continue to improve the process. And I think with this better science and technology, that, that does help so that it happens less or hopefully not at all. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd have to go. I didn't, I didn't read anything on that. I'd have to go and look at if there are studies to see if the rate at which we get that wrong is trending down as mm-hmm. science and technology are getting better. But I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read that yet. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think it would be better than like, you know, looking back 1900s or something. Oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah. it just almost like one person's word versus another, and what people—I think people people just happen to think kind of thing. But yeah, I was actually reading about. Uh, I read a study that was was look. It was analyzing the different justifications, not just justifications. The 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 arguments for and against capital punishment throughout the last couple of centuries, and one of the main ones used to be that it was a deterrent for lynching because if like the public didn't feel like the the ju- criminal justice system was going to do what they wanted and put the person to death they would you know often like you know this is like in the south yeah back back you know decades ago like when police officers would cooperate with some of these people and allow them to pull the person out of jail or prison and then lynch them it was just interesting that like that was that was one of the main justifications back yeah. in the day, but uh, it's awful. definitely not now. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just awful. So yeah, um, you bring up another piece we didn't talk about, and uh, it, it definitely could be a big discussion is the the racial disparity between those that are. Yeah, that's right. I wanted to talk about that. I forgot about that. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into that. So conditions where people live, socioeconomic. And as well as potential, there's just faults in the system that we need to correct. And uh, it's a fault of the, the justice system itself and not the result of the death penalty. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Like, and and I, I think that's why I hadn't really written out specific questions around that. Even though it is a problem, I see it as being a problem of the criminal, ju- criminal justice system, not a problem with the death penalty itself. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. And, and obviously it's absurd and, and awful that if they are getting executed and they're innocent or they haven't met the same criteria as other people, that's obviously intolerable. But again, like I said, should be corrected in the justice system and not be the reason why we get rid of the death penalty or something. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's something that definitely needs to be fixed. It is a huge problem, but it's not related exactly to the death penalty. The death penalty is not causing that problem. The death penalty is an unfortunate outcome that a disproportionate amount of you know racial minorities end up subject to because of problems in the criminal justice system that need to be worked out. Yeah, totally agree. It's something we need to do to improve the the criminal justice system. Yeah, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. Anything else? No, I, th- I think we covered pretty much the things that I that I wanted to discuss and good thought provoking questions that made me kind of think about it and why I believe it, uh, believe the way I do and, and even maybe consider it or maybe I'm, I'm wrong on some things. So overall, I thought it was a really good discussion. Yeah. Let me know if you go and uh, research any of this and maybe it changes your mind on anything. Uh, that'd be, that'd be interesting as always. Hope it was clear through this discussion that this, this is a partnership in figuring out what is true, what is not true. And I think there's, we found there's a lot of ambiguity here, but we did clarify like why you believe what you believe. I think it was really educational for me. I also want to, to point out that this 
trying to remember exactly what the question was I, I wanted to ask. No, I, I don't think having bad podcasts should be a reason for the death penalty. <laughs> Good. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. You're safe. <laughs> uh, well, if, if, if not, I'm nerdy, just going to appeal. Extremely nerdy podcasts, yeah. Gosh, I know. This really, like even the name is super nerdy, but <laughs> I don't care. It is what it is. Yeah, so I thanks for coming on. I think this was this was really interesting. I learned a lot. I think there's still a lot to be answered here. We didn't really come to any conclusions. It's a tricky one to figure out what is actually true because th- there is so much conflicting information. Again, let me know if there's like maybe you change your mind about something. That'd be that'd be cool yeah. to know. And I'll, I'll let you know if I if I come across anything that makes me kind of change my opinion on it. I'm glad that we had a discussion that wasn't about politics or religion. So thanks for doing that. That yeah, was good. I, I thought of some things and I was like, yeah, I kind of want to avoid those just because w- previous discussions you've had. And and I don't know if I really wanted to get into any of those. So Yeah, they're, they are definitely sticky ones to navigate. Um, they could also be more interesting. I don't know. I think this was pretty interesting. It's, it's something I want to learn more about. I think we could, I think we could dig into it even deeper after this discussion. I think we have a little, like I have things that I could go off and like, okay, I want to understand more about this and this and this yeah. with it. But maybe, uh, maybe um, back in a hundred episodes or something, you know, we'll you revisit it. two questions for you. I know you're going to push press for time, but your thoughts on the death penalty and any further reasoning to doing this podcast other than you said to just kind of get your thoughts out there. Ooh, like you, what are you trying to get on, out of you're, this? You're putting me on the yeah. spot. Yeah. Can I ask I the like questions it. a little bit? I like it. So first on the death penalty, I'm, I think you make a good case. I'm still not totally convinced that we're sure that it actually leads to the outcomes that you're talking about to justify, you know, putting people to death. That being said, uh, I, I learned a lot in this discussion about things that I hadn't really considered, like especially the, the piece of somebody still being a threat, even if they're incarcerated for life. They're, they're still a threat to all the people around them, all the other people in the prison, the guards, and then, you know, heaven forbid they get out and they, then they're, you know, a threat to, to other people or even just a threat. Maybe I've watched too many movies, but like, can they still orchestrate things to happen outside of the prison, even though they're not out? Like, those are all Definitely. concerns that if, you know, I'm, I'm, a family member of a victim that's prosecuted this person, like, am I at risk? Or if I have a family member that gets imprisoned that I still care about, do I want them at risk of being around these people? Like, I I think those are really good points that are making me kind of reconsider. But when we just look at the utilitarian or the practical aspects, I'm still not convinced that it's justified, but on moral grounds of, and safety, like public safety grounds, the incarceration incarceration piece, I think you've you've convinced me. So that's where and, I'm at. And, and, yeah, I was just curious of what what your thoughts were. I wasn't like necessarily trying to convince you or anyone else that that listens, but uh, just kind of interesting to know where where you stand on it. But yeah, and, if and somebody, it's interesting too, from a military perspective of like military's job is to go out and basically kill bad terrorism or uh, people that you're at war with. So it's interesting to me at least thinking of the comparisons for that. So yeah, I, if we had more time, I would like to, I would have loved to like 
dig into that more around like your view that way. Cause like one of the main roles of, of our military is to remove global threats. Right. Right. And if that's terrorists, like it kind of raises some of the same ethical issues, like is taking a life justified, maybe, maybe not exactly the same issues, but um, is taking a life justified if that person hasn't actually committed the crime yet? Or like it, th- yeah. those, those are interesting, interesting topics. Yeah. And but, there's the innocent people that kind of yeah. collateral damage and stuff too. So it, it relates in a lot of ways, which is interesting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I would, I would definitely wouldn't mind getting your perspective on some of that stuff because it was like I was saying at the beginning, like you have been around it and thought had to like deal with these things in a much more concrete way than I ever have. Just, you know, I live three miles from where I grew up and (laughs) I'm, I'm a wimp. So I haven't, you know, done any of the hard things that you have. So I, I would trust your judgment on those things a lot more than, than mine. I'm just, I'm just trying, trying to play my role of Socrates and ask the questions like, is this an inconsistency? And what do you think about this? So, yeah, that was great. And then your second question, like the reason for this show, there's a couple of things. I think it kind of started as just like an outlet for me because I didn't feel like there was anyone I had to talk to about my thoughts. I kind of live in a community of people that have a certain system of beliefs and they're very threatened by questioning of those beliefs. And I, I, I just have gotten to the point where I just think that's so unhealthy to not question your beliefs or things you're being told like that, that can lead to such a dark place for people and, and nations, you know what I mean? Like, and so I felt the need to just talk to someone or get my thoughts out there. And, but I'm, I'm also seeing like the, the, the issues that come up when we don't ask hard questions about what we believe when we don't, we aren't willing to, to really consider maybe I'm wrong when we don't do that. It leads to just tribalism and anger and people just demonizing each other. And maybe I've just consumed way too much political news. <laughs> that might be the case, but I, I just see it. And it, I feel like the way to combat it is critical thinking. Like that's a key strategy that we have to, we all have to get better at. And like I talked about in my last episode, why does critical thinking matter? During the enlightenment, some of those ideas like got codified in institutions and like kind of elite classes, like believed like those things and used, like got more into like reason and critical thinking type of stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, it became a part of, of our institutions, but the masses, we've got to learn to do it. And especially with the internet now, we've all got to learn to critically think better because not only are we available. Yeah. And not only is it more available, it's like we can all create content. And so people can just be completely be pulling stuff out of their butt saying nonsense and creating content and putting it out there and people latch onto it and they're just eating it up. And it's just created such an unhealthy environment epistemically and politically and I feel like I need to do my part to try to help at least the people in my sphere. That's why I need to share this. It's not because I want followers or anything. It's just because 
I feel an obligation to try to help people like to think critically and maybe we don't change our minds all the time. Like if you walk away from this interview and you think the same thing that you originally did about capital punishment, like that's totally fine. I'm not upset. All I'm trying to do is to help people maybe temper their opinions instead of thinking that the person on the opposite side is just an idiot or evil or completely misinformed to at least say, okay, there's some ambiguity about what I think. The data isn't really clear or there, there is a moral framing that people can look through and come to the opposite conclusion that I do. So therefore, I need to temper my beliefs and not just see them as an enemy. They're just a fellow human that has a different opinion on something that I need to learn how to get along with. And that means I have to cooperate with them. That means I'm, I might need to recognize that the way I want things to go, there's a different way to look at it. And so I got to cooperate with the person that looks at it a, diff- a different way. That's what I'm just trying to get out there, like helping just normal people to do that. And maybe, maybe my podcast doesn't really do that, but I don't know. That's my goal. <laughs> no, I, I think it's evident that you're not trying to just do it just to get followers based off of, like you said, you haven't really marketed it, but uh, I've appreciated your podcast. I feel like I've learned a lot from it. And it's, it's opened my eyes up to more of the critical thinking aspect and, and sharing that with other people, especially with my family and kids of like, hey, we need to think cr- critically about things and not just believe what something we heard, you know, and, and to actually like go back and look it up and, and, learn, and study it and figure it out for ourselves what is actual truth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, even if I got one follower, that's great. <laughs> but no, I appreciate you coming on. I really do. And I know that yeah, it's it not fun. easy to sacrifice time away from wife and kids on a Sunday afternoon. So thanks for doing it. Yeah, um, no, it was fun. And looking forward to, to hearing how dumb I sound uh, when you put it out. <laughs> that's how I feel every episode. So uh, it's fine. That's probably partly why I haven't really marketed it. Cause I'm like, people are going to think I'm an idiot, but I think that about me. So. <laughs> no, it was, it was no, a good it was conversation fun, as always reach out to me. If, if you would like to come on and, and have a discussion, just like chase did would love to hear it. If you agree with chase or if you disagree with chase, let me know. And, uh, maybe you could come on and tell us why you disagree and your reasoning behind, uh, why you think the capital punishment is it is immoral. I'd love to hear about it. Just reach out to me at theatetuspodcast at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-A-E-T-E-T-U-S podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. All right. Thanks again, Chase. Have a good Sunday afternoon. Thanks, you too. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.